0: Well, good evening, Hope City Church. How we doing? Wow. Man, thank you, John, for that Hope story. I finally found a place where I can go to grow. Man, I want to get in a growth group right now. Uh, I'm already in two. Never mind. So, hey, if you're not in a growth group, you should get in a growth group. Hey, everyone. My name is, is Joe, and I serve here at the South Louisville campus of Hope City Church as your campus pastor. And we are continuing our series called made for, made for Mondays. And wherever you find yourself listening to this message, if it's on the podcast or if it's on the app or, or you're in Chippersville right now watching me speak, I'm so glad that you are a part of Hope City Church. And I'm really excited about my message. I believe that if we would take some time, take a moment right now and just lean into what we're gonna hear, you know, grab a pen. Take some notes. Yeah. Challenge yourself to apply the truths that we're going to learn today that I believe that it, it will change your life. It'll make, it, it'll make a difference. You know what? You know why people, you know why people hate Mondays? Because they're hard. <laughs> right. They're hard. Yeah. You know what? Hey, who is ready to admit tonight that they love Jesus but despise Mondays? Anybody, anybody in the room, raise your hands that you would say that you, you love Monday, you don't love Mondays, you know, it's your least favorite day of the week. I want to give you a couple stats. You know, as I knew I was going to be speaking about made for Mondays, I, I looked up and made up some stats. Are you all ready for, here's some stats about Mondays. Did you know that 20% more heart attacks happen on Mondays? Listen, Mondays are out here trying to kill people, All right. <laughs> There is a higher rate of suicides on Mondays. People are 30% less productive on Mondays. The research I found said that you only do three and a half hours worth of work on Mondays. Hey, don't call about your water bill on Monday. They're, they're probably not going to answer. Here's a, this is a great stat, follow along. One-seventh one of your life, yeah, yeah, one-seventh of your life occurs on Mondays. If you don't like Mondays, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There is a 73% increase of applications submitted on Tuesdays. You know why? Monday. You've went in, and you were like, I'm out. I'm done with this job. You know, there's not another stat on here, but you know, I was searching. Do you know that there was more major conflicts, wars, started on Tuesdays than any other day? I'm telling you, I think people are just sick and tired of Mondays. Well, well, we've seen the stats, and and we think about this. Well, if I just had a better job, uh, I wouldn't feel or or act the way I do about my job. The problem is not Monday. The problem is my job. I just haven't I haven't found the perfect job yet. So here we are, consistently job hopping, looking for other jobs, comparing options. Believing that there is this perfect job that will make us want to hop out of bed every Monday. And, 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 and of course, some jobs that are better than others, but how many jobs will it take for you to admit that finally that the job you think that is out there, that's perfect for you, it, it really doesn't exist except in, in, in your mind. You want more money to only do the things you want to do with only the people that you want to do them with. I don't think that job is out there. I really don't. I really don't. When you think about the perfect job sometimes, we think this. Who's ever heard this? The grass is always greener on the other side. Always greener. You know what I was thinking? I used to think this as a kid. Man, if I worked at Ford and I just stood there all day making the money they make, ah, that would be a great job. It would be a great job. You know, I had a supervisor tell me one time, Joe, there's a lot of green spray paint out there. You know, you think, you think that it's going to be better over there. So you go over there, and you, and, you, and you know what happens? It's worse than where you came from. And you can't go back. Here's a couple, here's a couple myths that I, would like to, that I would like to tell us about the perfect job. When I go to work, there will never be conflict at my perfect job. We're always going to get along. You know what? My perfect job, I'll never want to quit it. I'll go in every day thinking, this is the best thing that I could be doing right now. You know what? The perfect job, you'll never be tired. I love what I do. I love it. I'm tired. Yeah. I get tired. It's a lot of work sometimes. And, but I, I, I don't want to quit this job. So just because you're tired doesn't mean that it's not a good job. With the perfect job, you'll never be broke. You know, as somebody that's had many, many jobs, the fact that I'm broke ain't my job's fault. I learned that the hard way, you all. Okay. You know what? I, I remember hearing a quote an NFL player said one time, I make a lot of money, so I spend a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was broke, retired and broke, <laughs> retired and broke. Wow. The truth is, is that we'll never, we'll never find the perfect job. Okay, well, maybe the perfect job doesn't exist, and, and that won't fix anyway, but you know what'll fix this job problem? No job at all. Wow. <laughs> Mondays would be amazing if I didn't have nothing to do. If I could just lay in bed all day, all day and, and have nowhere to go, no alarm clock, no boss, no coworker. Yeah. Yeah. If someone would just pay me not to do anything, that would that would be the awesome setup for me. But but would it really? Would that would no work make you happy? Go back with me if you will and and think about this. Do you who remembers playing hooky from school? You remember when you was sick? My daughter did that to me today. I had to go, she's like, I'm sick, Dad. I'm like, it's 12. Like, do that earlier. Like, you're only going to miss two classes. <laughs> but she said she was sick. Then I mean, what happens when you played hooky from school? You were, it was awesome for about, for about the, first, for the first two hours. You're chilling on the couch, eating food in the living room, and there's nobody home to tell you not to. You, you know, you, you, were, you were doing all the things you weren't supposed to, and, and, and nobody else was home. You'd watch a few cartoons, and then you caught The Price is Right, maybe grabbed a nap, and, and then what? Bored. Yeah. Bored out of your mind. You're like, what do I do? Catch another nap, and the next thing you know, the only thing's on is Maury. <laughs> you're not the father, and you're not the father either. And you're like, I need something to do. The whole time, you're like, ah, oh, I thought it was his dad. Looks just like him. Yeah, well, it's easy to believe that, that not working would, would make life more enjoyable. Yeah, it's nice for like a, a week or two, but eventually not working makes things worse. And that's because work is, is God's ideal. God created us to use our bodies and use our minds to create. If we, if we, look, at the, if we look at the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 2, uh, 15, it says this. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. Put him in the garden to work. The very first thing God told man to do was work. I feel like God was like Rihanna. You better work, 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 work. Come on, work, work. No? Just me? Like, that's what I feel like he was doing. If even God told us to work, and the first thing that we read about work, Let's think of other things we read about at the beginning of the Bible. And that's God creating. The first account of the Bible is God's first week at work. Day one, He makes light. Day two, He makes the heavens and the earth. Day three, He makes vegetables. (laughs) He makes all the plants, all the fruit. Day four and five come, and then here come the stars, the birds, the fishes. The fishes. Is that how you... Fishes? And and, and everything that's scurried on the ground. You know what? After each day... After he did all that creation, you know what he did? He turned around and went, That's good. That's so good. He was like, I did a I'm all right. Look, go me. God did a great job. So not working is not the answer to not being happy. It's actually, it probably will make things worse. If we look in Proverbs, in, in, in 1627, it says this idle hands are the devil's workshop. Workshop. Like he's getting busy. There's a lot of things he's doing. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. If you never work, you wouldn't live up to your God-given potential. Because you're created to be productive and create. Look what God told Adam and Eve in Genesis two. Oh, sorry, Genesis 1:27. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Listen, this is what God's plan was for you. Blessing. Production and growth. Blessings, production, and growth. Let me put it to you this way. God wants you to enjoy your life. Isn't that a huge revelation today? God wants us to enjoy your life. He wants you to enjoy your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants you to enjoy your life? I think most of us would agree or at least want to agree that that's true. Where we might disagree is how God wants us to enjoy our life. And God showed us and told us how we should enjoy our life. And that's by working, playing, and resting. Working, playing, and resting. This is God's formula for life, to enjoy life. We need all three, and that's what I want to spend the rest of our, our time together talking about today. Work, play, and rest. Because if you're like me, really good at one, maybe two of them... But there's one of these three that usually is a struggle for us. And each struggle is different for each person. And, and, I'm not completely, and we're not completely sure that doing all three of these things are enjoyable. Some people really like to work. I like to work. I like to work. My wife, she really likes to rest. You know what we really like to do? Fight about working and resting. <laughs> she wants to rest. I'm like, what are we doing? Nothing. She's like we're enjoying. I'm like this is enjoyable. It's it's a struggle for me guys to take time off. It's a struggle. But God wants us to do that. He wants us to work. He wants us to play and he wants us to rest. So some of us are really really hard workers. No one's ever accused you of being lazy. You show up. You work hard. You get you get the job done. Maybe some of you use the money that you make to play. You have a place at the lake. You buy season tickets to sporting events. You, you go on great vacations. But you know, you probably really find it hard to rest, yeah. to, to turn it off. Yeah. You find it hard just sometimes to be with your family. You feel like if you're not being productive, you're being wasteful. Wow. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> Others are the exact opposite. We talked about it a second ago. You 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 hate work, but boy, do you know how to take it easy? You really know how to chill. You hear people talk all the time of not being able to sleep in, not and you just like pff, watch. We got a we got a tournament, I'm a championship sleeper. Watch this. No, but like for but because it's not a problem for you. Yes, rest is enjoyable, but a life. Without, without rest, it's missing part of, of God's design. That's right. yeah. So let's look at all three ways that God created us to enjoy our life. The first one, I've, I've already kind of talked about it, and that's work. God's plan for your life is to enjoy work. And, and we have sermon guides, and you are gonna be following along with a couple of the scriptures, and, and there's going to be some blanks, and I'll get to those all the way at the end. So don't freak out and feel like you missed them. We'll, we'll get to those. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is, is work. And we already read this earlier, right at the gate. Remember this part when I said that in Genesis 2.15, uh, 2, God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work. God placed Adam in the garden told him to work. And at this point in creation, poor Adam doesn't even have a coworker. Eve wasn't even created yet. For some of you, this is the dream position. This is dream creation you work outside, you work alone, you're in a garden. You, you are responsible for everything. You don't have nobody to worry, they ain't pulling their weight. I got this. Like, you don't have to worry about coworkers slacking. You don't have to worry about, oh, you don't want to tend the radishes today, Eve? You don't have to worry about her because you feel like, oh, I can handle this. This is all on my own. But we see here that, that in, the, in the garden, Adam is by himself, and you think that this is this great place. But let's think about this garden for a second. This isn't a regular-sized garden. This is a God-sized garden. Remember earlier, God spent the third day just making vegetables and plants and trees. How big was this garden in Eden? How much work did God say, Adam, you're up. Like, you gotta, you got to take care of this. It was a lot. It was a lot. These chock full of work and things to do. And, and I think that, that taking care of a garden like that, for me, it's terrible. It's terrible. Karen and I have lived in three houses. Every house. <laughs> Woo, let's build a garden. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. If I would had took all the money yep. at all three houses, yep. I'd have a banging salad bar. If I would have just <laughs> invested that money, like a chiller, a buffet. Because every garden I've ever planted dead, black thumb, it's, you know, it's not black, but it's not green. It's a dead, I kill it all. So it's, it's, I'm not a gardener. It's hard work for me to go, man, I'm going to be out here every day watering a I tried to get Jaylee, my daughter, my, my, my 10-year-old, Jaylee, you water it, because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. It's too hard. But you know what I thought is, is that there was no, not enough value in my labor for these tomatoes. I just go to Kroger and get my own. Like, well, I don't want to grow them in my backyard. they are 2.99. So, anyway, I'm a terrible gardener, y'all. Sometimes we think that, that hard work is the devil. But it's not. God created me and you right where we are to do the work that he's put in front of us. What changed when the devil entered the picture is the way that we feel about hard work. And we're going we're to read here in Genesis 3 and 17. The ground is cursed because of you. God didn't do it. All of your life will be a struggle to to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grain. I'll keep reading. By, By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. Hard work existed before sin, but the difference is now is that we feel it. Because the ground is cursed, God has always wanted us to work. But because of sin, we now feel work. And it's important to remember this. Just because it's a struggle, doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because it doesn't feel easy, doesn't mean it's not right. right. Just because things are hard, doesn't mean that it's wrong. You know, we're tempted to quit when things get hard. The Bible has a lot to say about people who refuse to work. In Proverbs 10.4, it it says this, Lazy people are soon poor, but hard workers get rich. Proverbs 12.11 says this, Hard workers have plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies have no sense. Work was God's ideal. Work was God's idea. When you're spending your days figuring out ways to get out of work, you're never going to get anything out of your work. If you can look my at back, my backyard right now, not the dead garden part, but the rest of it. If you were, to like, we were to like to go over to my backyard, you would see that I have this fence I built. I have these concrete stone pavers I laid. I have these two decks that I built. You know what, I also have this 12 foot long dinner table, because to be honest, it's 12 foot long, it's too big to be called a picnic table, it took a long time to build it, it's really heavy, so just go with me, it's a dinner table, but you know what, for me to do that, it took three months of every weekend, woodworking, mixing concrete, hauling heavy things, cutting wood, chopping, there was a lot of sweating, there was a little bit of blood, and there was a whole lot of hard work. But you know what? All that hard work paid off in making all of my wife's backyard Pinterest dreams a reality. She loves it, but you know what the difference is here? My wife and my kids get to enjoy, get to, get to enjoy that backyard, but I have the satisfaction, satisfaction of making that backyard. I made that. They enjoy it. I work for it. And, and that's where if we're scared of doing hard work, We rob ourselves of that enjoyment of doing hard work. So the first thing that God wants us to do is to to enjoy our life, is work. It's to enjoy our life with our work. But let's look at the next one. The next point I want to talk to you about is play. Who likes to have fun? Anybody? Come on. Pastor Andrea loves fun. She's all fun. It's great, right? Let me me read this part out, out of Genesis. It says this. God told Adam, you can freely eat. Of every tree in the garden except one. Hey, that's pretty awesome. I do all this work and all I got to do is like just one, per, one tree. I can have everything else. I can, that sounds so enjoyable. Fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. God said, hey, you're going to do all this work. By the way, you get, to, you get to have fruits of your labor. You get to enjoy that. Another place in the story, it says this. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Look at a nice walk through the forest, a nice walk amongst the trees. Isn't that refreshing? You go out and get your heart pumping a little bit, taking some breaths of, of air. Has anybody been to, to Bernheim Forest yet and saw the, the, the big giant wood things? Man, I haven't made that yet, but man, that looks like fun. Like, I would, I would love to go out there and just experience those big giants and, and see that. Like, that's part of our la- that's part of God's plan for us. That's part of the fun of life he wants us to have, to enjoy our life. Is to be able to is to be able to play. You know, when was the last time you went on a run? I'm not asking you; I'm asking me. It's been a while, y'all. It's been a while. I need to go on a run. I need. You know why? Because it's fun. For people that don't run, me right now, I need to remember. I need to remind myself. Yes, it's hard. You sweat. You feel like you're gonna die. You can't breathe. But you know what? It's fun. You put your headphones in. If you're some of those people that run without music, I don't know how you do it, but I, you, know, you put your headphones in and you run, and, and it's a great time. You get the blood flowing. If you're stressed out at work, go do something hard for the fun of it. Wow. It'll give you good perspective of your work. Good. Like, ooh, that's hard, but I can handle it. Okay. Work hard I feel out of control, but you know what? I can deadlift this. I can go in the garage, no pain, no gain, and do some squats, and I handled that weight and there's nothing but the, it's fun for you. It's fun to do that. Yeah. You know, a few, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I took a 15-mile bike ride with a great friend. Why? I was off work. Sounded like fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's say, hey, you want to go to Indiana? We did it. Like, it was just for the fun of it. Who remembers this? All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. You know, work, all work and no play makes Joe a cranky boy. <laughs> like, I need to go sometimes and, like, get some, get some energy out. So God created us to work. God created us to play, to enjoy life. But let's look at, let's look at one more thing. And that is, is that God God's plan to enjoy your life, it includes rest. It includes rest. Honestly, this might be one of the hardest areas for us to address or to change. Most of us know how to hard work. Most of us know how to play hard. But for some reason resting seems like it's harder than it should be. What does resting look like? Resting is, is, is being defined by not what you do or not by what you produce. Resting is, is not being defined by what you do or what you produce. Resting could be a couple of things. Resting could be a good nap. If you're one of those people that likes to lay down, <laughs> Uh, you know resting could be a vacation reading a good book turning off your phone all weekend some of you just got anxiety but that could be very restorative is by resting but by tuning out you know another way that you can rest tell them no at work to overtime say not this weekend or not that shift i'm going to take some time off for me you know, there's a, the type of rest that I'm talking about, it, it's described in, in Genesis 2-2. I'll paraphrase a little bit and shorten it up. And rest is this, a day declared holy. Yeah. Absence of all type of work. Resting is doing nothing for the sake of, of doing nothing. This is so counterintuitive for the, for the culture that we live in, the culture of our lives. Time is money. Time is money. You know, you, you see people that, that say things like, I'll sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, that's the mantra of a lot of workaholics. You know, other people have their calendars full of school events, dance recitals, after hours, social gatherings with work. These are all commonplace. You know, they're, they're all enjoyable, but they are not restful. They're not rest. With everyone so busy working all the time and also trying to fit in some fun, it's easy to miss out on one of the parts of God's plan for us to enjoy our life, and that is rest. No, I, I keep talking about my wife, but you know what? That's what happens when you're married. You, that's who I spend all my time with. I like her a lot. <laughs> She's like my Eve. I'm like Adam, except I don't work in a garden. My, my wife Karen, she started this new thing with our family calendar because it seems like it, it always seemed to be going and, and getting full so she has this new thing; she schedules it for it. You know what it's called? Nothing. I scroll through my calendar, nothing. I'm like, man, there's a, there's. And you know what she does is she just doesn't wait until there's a hole, and she fills it when the, everything's left. She's got nothing days planned weeks out and in advance. These 24-hour chunks of nothing. And you know what? I've learned really quick that if I want to go negotiate, say, hey, hun. I know tomorrow's a nothing day, but there's this <laughs> golf. Or, hey, I know tomorrow's this nothing day, and I was going to see if we could, you know, switch that around or move it around. I really got to have a really good reason. Because my wife, she, she knows the value of rest. Yeah. She knows that it's a struggle for me and that I'm a hard worker. Right. And I, I really lean into her and lean into the fact that she knows that, that rest is, is valuable. Right. Speaking of valuable and, and how God... I want to talk to you about how God looks at rest. And it's found in a a scripture. And it's in Hebrews 4. And it's verse 9. And it says this. There is still, there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. How many people today are glad that rest isn't over? That it's available for us right now. That the thought and concept of rest didn't end in the garden. Sin did not take the ability to rest away from us. It may have brought in hard work, but God is so gracious that rest is still available for us. Rest is still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have entered in resting from their labor, just as God did after creating the world. You want to be like God? You want to be more like God? Rest. Let's, we'll go on to the next, the next slide here and finish up this verse. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Let us do our best to enter that rest. The Bible says that. If this concept of this weekly resting day seems impossible with your current schedule, don't let that stop you from trying. You got two hours here? Nothing. Nothing. We need to have an emergency family meeting. What are we doing? Nothing. Sit down. Turn the TV off. We got, oh my gosh, no one's calling. Let's stop. Like, just because you feel like God said he's got to give us a whole day, and you don't have, to, you don't have a whole day in your schedule, block it off. You know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know how you get to a whole day of rest? One no at a time. No. Hey, what are you doing later? Uh, my wife said nothing. I'm gonna say nothing. I'm hanging up. <laughs> Gotta go. Don't answer. Turn your phone off. It, you know, if it, it, you feel like this is impossible, but you know what? God, God gave us this plan of, of work, play, and rest for our lives, and for us to enjoy our whole lives, we need all three parts. We need it all. We need it, all of it. We need work. We need play. And we need the rest. Rest is this important part of God's plan to get the maximum enjoyment out of your life. All right, I'm going to close with this thought. You know, I keep talking about work and keep talking about Mondays. How many of you guys drive to work? Here, I drive to work. You know what, Karen and I are blessed. We have two cars. One of them doesn't have air conditioning, one of them don't. You want to guess which car I drive, <laughs> Right? But we we drive to work every day. When driving to work, have you ever had one of those lights? Those lights. Not the cop lights because you're speeding, because you're late, because it's Monday. But one of those lights on your dashboard light up. I got an airbag light on. It's been on for like four years because it's a seatbelt thing. I checked online. I'm like, "That, that don't matter. Low pressure light. Who's got the TPM sensor. Every one of those lights, man, like six months they work and then you're like, it's $80 to fix it. I just check my tires every time I get them all changed. What else? Like my, my van, my van's old, y'all. It's an 05. The doors, one of them don't open. Door broke. It's shut. We're good. <laughs> Kids out this door. So, but, but what I'm saying is, is that there's these warning lights on my, on my cars. And every day I, I choose not to do anything about them. I can handle it. It's just an old light. It's just an airbag light. It's just a check engine light. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'll fix it when it's broke. Yeah. But where in your life is there a light on with your work, with your play, and with your rest? Is the, is the check engine light of overwork lit up on your dash? But I'm just going to push through. I'm just going to push through. Is, is the light on a, of no play lit up? You you can't remember the last time that you took a day off. Wow. You got a phone call from your daughter. Hey dad, you got, you got 15 minutes. You can run me to the store to for what? I want to hang out. Wow. That was a tough phone call I got. What about this one? What about the check engine light of rest? What about the light of fatigue? Does your soul does it feel does it feel hazardous? When can you remember the the last time that you rested? You really got a chance to stop and think about the way that God wants us to enjoy our life. We're going to look at this last slide, and this is where you're going to fill in these blanks. Our work, it should be rewarding. It should feel good to do good, honest work. You should feel good about working hard. You should feel good about the work that you do. Our play should be restoring. Listen, if your work, if your play doesn't look different than your work, you're probably not playing. You need to take time off. And your rest should be reassuring. And what I mean by reassuring is that you need to remember that my ultimate value doesn't come in what I produce but it's who produced me. Wow. You know, God created us. We were created by a creator to create. Really but you know what? What we make doesn't make who we are. Our relationship with God is what makes us special. So you know, in, in the Bible, you know, we talked about creation and how God values them all the same. Except until, ch- until in six, in day six when man showed up. Because of everything that's different from the first five days to the day six is that the breath of God, the very breath of God, is breathed into us. And that's where we get our ultimate value from, is that we were created by the God of the universe. And God wants us to enjoy our life. He wants us to to work, to play, and to rest. Let's pray. God, I just thank you, God, for this message God, I thank you for this truth that you want us to enjoy life. God, that you created us to create. You want us to produce. You want us to grow. But God, that you gave us this joyful spirit to find pleasure in playing. And God, I just pray right now for the people in this room that maybe feel overworked, that maybe feel like there's no joy of play in their life anymore. That they would find rest in a relationship with you, and God, I just say, I ask that you would just touch their heart right now, and God, and let them know that today, that their life is meant to be enjoyable. In Jesus' name, Amen.